Learn the six steps to solve challenges, maximize profits, and achieve your year-end goals. All of it on today's show. Now, folks, before we get started today, I want everyone to know that we've launched our online mindset course this month. If you're a member, you can access the course by going to Contractor Training, Online Classes, and then click Prosperity Mindset. This module deals with the exact steps you need to take to develop the prosperity mindset, critically important to your success. It's the foundation to success in the industry. In the studio today, Mr. Steve Schallenberger, going to continue our Seizing the Summer series and talk about solving challenges, maximizing profits, and year-end goals. Take it away, Steve. Well, welcome to this EGIA Seizing the Summer weekly coaching session. And it is a delight to be together with you. Uh, we compliment you for your engagement in this invaluable resource that EGIA has provided. Uh, the whole purpose of this is to help you maximize your success to be as successful as possible. <laughs> and now that the heat is subsiding, uh, you just need to keep in mind it is especially the time to step back and how do we move the bar up? Because the need for that is not subsiding. It is more important than ever. And so I'd like to have you just first, I also want to compliment once again EGIA for being just on the cutting edge of the most amazing association it is to provide benefits for the members. Uh, I'm just so impressed about the investment and the effort that they make. And I'll just second that compliment to you once again. This is at the very heart of running successful businesses that take advantage of these ideas, which help you be among the best and set yourself apart from everyone else. Now, today, as we start this coaching session, I'd like to have you just think about an issue, uh, a personal issue, that if it were resolved, uh, would help you be happier, uh, be more at peace, and really be more successful. And then on a professional level, what's one issue, one really significant issue that if it were resolved, if it were improved, would have a significant impact uh, on your team or organization and the success of that team or organization? And as you think about those issues, a personal level and at a professional level, I'd like to have you keep in mind this great poem uh, that I know some of you have heard. Uh, it goes like this, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. While you're thinking of those type of items that if they were resolved could have a big impact on your life, Let's keep in mind this good, better, best. How do we always improve? Because I'd like to suggest to you it leads directly to better happiness, health, and long-term prosperity. Now, as you're doing that, uh, and we set those things aside just for a moment, we're gonna come back to this thought later. Uh, I'd like to have you think of somebody in your life that when you think about them, you think, wow, they can solve just about any problem on the planet. That kind of a person. And think of a person, or you may have several individuals. I know I do in my life as I think about that. Uh, and as we think about those people, they all of those share two things I think in common. One is their mindset about problem solving, but number two is their skill set. 
So an example on the mindset is one of my mentors and advisors was a fellow by the name of Gardner Russell. He was an international, a certified international consultant, one of the best actually in the world. He could solve just about any problem, okay? On his card were the words, accomplishing the seemingly impossible. Ha <laughs> ha, man, I love that. That is a mindset all the way. In other words, as problems come along, I can solve this. So see, that is a big part of it. Now, the second part is the skill set. And each one of these individuals had developed the ability to think through problems uh, systematically, uh, data-driven, uh, whatever was needed to come to the right, good, better, best conclusion. How do we make each thing uh, better. So today, that is exactly what you and I are going to talk about uh, today. That is how to be a that kind of a problem solver. And wouldn't it be wonderful if when people thought about you, that's what they thought about you. That person is a great problem solver. They can solve about any problem in the world. And what a gift that is to give to somebody else to solve thorny, difficult, challenging problems and just take them in stride. Well, that's what we're going after today. And a little back story on the, oh, by the way, I really had to laugh. A friend of mine was telling me about a visit he made to his therapist. And uh, the therapist put a glass of water that was half full in front of him and said, now let's see, are you an optimist or a pessimist? <laughs> He grabbed the cup, drank it, and he said, I'm a problem solver. <laughs> well, that's what you want to be. You want to be known as a problem solver. Now, to give a little backstory to this of, of the subject we're going to talk about today, uh, many of you are familiar with the book, uh, Becoming the Best, that that uh, we have written. It's based on 40 years of research on what, is, what sets apart high-performing individuals from all the rest. And um, as you know, there's been extensive research in this, and we saw over and over 12 things uh, that highly successful leaders did, and that's what we put in the book, and that's what we teach uh, all over North America and all over the world. And it's been a great experience. In the process of working with top teams, uh, we did another research as uh, we spotted what we thought was a potential problem. And this had to do with, of all things, problem solving. And so we conducted the research among 50 major organizations. And what we discovered is that not a single one of those 50 organizations approached within the company problem solving the same way. They didn't have a consistent problem solving process. As a matter of fact, uh, frequently the leaders and the employees, it was like they were speaking a foreign language with one another as they approached this for, you know, problem solving. And so what we did is we said, let's take my 40 years of experience of running 11 different organizations that have been fortunately very successful. And let's take Rob, Schallenberger, Rob Schallenberger's experience of being a fighter pilot, an Air Force officer, and also managing Air Force One, and come up with a process that can be used that's very effective in problem solving. Uh, we realized that it needed to be simple enough that anyone could understand it, but also sophisticated enough that it could solve the most complex, uh, high stakes, emotional issue that you could think of. 
And so what we came up with is start with a vision. Uh, it is the transformational challenge. Start with a vision, the six steps of how to effectively plan, create solutions, and take action. Now, it really fulfills every one of those requirements we've just talked about. Uh, it is simple, but it's also very sophisticated and can be data-driven, analytic-driven, so that you end up with good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. Because the objective is to take these tough problems and how do I resolve them or make them better? So we're gonna do this in two ways today. Uh, first of all, I'm just gonna give you a quick overview of these six steps of what they are so you have them. Uh, an advertising agency once shared with me that we don't even start to remember something until we've heard it six times. So today in our coaching session, I'm gonna cover it six times, you'll see. And this will be the format. We're gonna have some graphics on here that I'll have that will illustrate the things that I'm talking about. And then we're gonna use some examples at the end and have a general roundup and, and, and that'll do it. Uh, I want to provide to you today the tools that you can use so that you can immediately apply it and find relief on some of these issues that are a concern for you. So let's get right into it, to these six steps to effectively plan, create solutions, and take action. Uh, the first step is as we consider the problems that we confront, whatever they might be, it might be a health problem or a relationship problem, maybe a, a relationship as the wheels are coming off, uh, and it might be an employee that has threatened you in some way. So, you know, whatever these issues might look like, it's a problem. Now, how do you start? Well, you start with the vision. That's where the name of the book came from. And so the very first thing that highly successful leaders do when you have a problem or an opportunity is you shift it to what is the vision. And that is step one. And the minute you do that, it changes all of the dynamics associated with that problem. So why is the problem the wrong place to start? Well, because Frequently, it's overwhelming already. It could be laden with uh, negative emotion. There could be uh, conflict that's involved and it's not pleasant. So there's a lot, and, and it can skew your perspective. It's so big that you lose perspective of where you're trying to go. So the minute you shift it to the vision, uh, it gives you a fresh perspective. It'll give you new energy and a focus that people can rally around. See, when you start with the problem, people can have different perspectives of what the problem is. When you agree upon the vision, you are set to go. That's step one. Step two is what is the current reality? Now, what we're really saying here is let's look at the facts. Uh, and the facts are, and I love this quote by a friend one time, get the facts or leave it alone or the conclusions you come to may be your own. And so you're like a birdie on the windowsill. You're just looking at it and say, what do I see here? Uh, and so what you're looking for is from the current reality of this situation, is there a gap between the current reality and the vision that you've established. And if there is, then you're gonna go through the six steps. If there's not, 
<laughs> you can just uh, uh, keep doing what you're doing because you're getting the right result. So step three then is to analyze what is the real cause uh, for the gap that you see. Now, this is a vital step that you really take the time that you need. In some cases, it may be a bit more simple. In other cases, it may be a very complex situation where you need to really have some data and some analytics to know what the real cause of this problem is. Uh, whatever the situation is, you really want to take the time because if, you're, if you deal with the wrong problem, you're just going to end up back here uh, at some future date having uh, lost money and resources and time that could have been extremely valuable and critical to the situation. A good example of this in step three is the discipline of using the Toyota way of, uh, of asking why five times. So why? 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 Till you get really down to the real issue. A good example of this is the Challenger shuttle disaster that happened. Many of you may recall that the reason that the shuttle exploded and everyone was lost is they, they launched on a cold day and the O-rings were brittle and it allowed some of the propellant and the fire to escape, which then ignited the, the explosion. As NASA troubleshooted this and tried to get to the real cause, they also were wise enough to ask why, why, why? So for example, if the, did we know that the O-rings were brittle? Okay, yes, we did, and we suspected the result, then why did we launch? Well, then they looked at this and, and they found that there was not a process to really stop the launch, the communication processes. And as they got down to the bottom why is they found that they had a flawed go, no-go process at NASA. And so if somebody saw a problem, they didn't have a way to communicate it fast enough to stop the launch. As a result of that, they now understood the correct problem, the real issue here for the problem, and were able to work on that. As a result, they came up with a whole new process of go, no go, where they asked each department to give it the green light before they went. And if anyone saw a problem, they could push the, the red light and express their concern. As a result, there were no further uh, accidents in future launches after that. So that is a good example of step three. Once you have the real cause in sight, now the fun begins, that's step four, and it is what are the best options? And this is just so exciting because you want to just create an environment where everybody can contribute to possible solutions. And it's energetic, it's upbeat. And, and so as a leader, what you wanna do with your teams or organization is create an environment of brainstorming that is highly effective. Now in the book, we talk about how to do this actually in both of the books, the 12 principles becoming your best, but also in start with the vision, the six steps, uh, how do you really create an environment where everybody uh, can participate? And what you wanna do is just say, how many? Let's come up with as many possible solutions to this uh, issue to realize our vision, to solve the gap as we can. And then you just uncork 
You have to be quite disciplined on this because uh, you don't want to stop and discuss, is this a good idea or a bad idea? Is it feasible or not? You just want to get the energy going. And then at the end, what you're going to do, once you've really exhausted the ideas, uh, is you're going to weigh the pros and the cons of each of these and then rank the order of importance of the ideas that you came up with. And then finally, a key step in step four is asking yourself, now with all of this information that we've come up with so far, and by the way, this is like anything else, the more you use it, the better you get at it. And uh, you ask, is it a go or a no-go? Okay, let's take a look at this, go or no-go. <laughs> we did this uh, some years ago, about 10 years ago, where we actually use the six steps as format, uh, we are looking at a new division to start with one of our companies. So we got 30 managers together in Southern California near the Ontario airport, arrived at the hotel, the offsite, uh, closed the doors and we went to work. We got to this stage uh, and you're going to hear about something called the red team. We allowed the red team to do their part we looked at the go and no go, and it was a clear no go. Uh, and, and we could just see it clearly after the discussion. What's interesting is that probably saved that company $2 million uh, in the next 12 months by making that wise decision. So you can see that the return on using the six steps is pretty significant. So step five then, Presuming it is a go, and in most cases it is, it's pretty compelling. You're trying to solve the problem or develop the opportunity, is uh, then implement the plan. Now, the key part of implementing the plan is you've got the ideas, you've ranked them, you have, in, have them in front of you, and that is, and circle this and star it, who will do what, when. This is the sum and bono of the entire process really is, is to have a, a, a how to take action. And the minute you do this, it literally aligns everybody. You have great communication. You know where you're going. You're very focused. And now you can see the power of this. You also, now that you have this on paper, your plan of best ideas is do you see any threats uh, to your plan? Are there any flaws in it? Uh, we're going to talk about the red team that helps discover that, but you also can be part of that. Uh, and so the red team, it really comes from the Pentagon, uh, and that is when they develop a war plan, is they have an independent group, a small independent group that are capable to come in and look at their whole plan, and they'll just say, here's the steps we've gone through. Now, what do you see? And they're going to look for, have you considered this? How about this soft underbelly? <laughs> uh, how about this idea? Have you considered this? And, and so the red team gives their feedback and they leave. And then the organizing team finishes up their plan. They can put it into an executive summary, but you have got it. You are locked in. Okay. And now step six is to evaluate how you've done and debrief the process. Uh, did it work? Did we get as many ideas as we could? And have we uh, carefully explained this program to our key stakeholders and have everything good to go?
And in the evaluation process, you're looking for a couple of things. One is in advance, you can go ahead and put your accountability dates down to follow up on the plan of who will do what when. And uh, once again, uh, you'll see in these graphics that we're providing you, but also in the book. One of the things that's very unique about the book itself is we provide five case studies of real life examples. And we take them through all six steps. Uh, and so that is tremendous uh, to help you better implement it, okay? So, and then the other thing that you're looking for in the six steps is, did we match our vision? Have we done it? Did we get the job done? And if you did, then keep doing the things you're doing with your new processes, your new system. Uh, if not, you may have made progress, good, better, best, never let it rest, but we're not satisfied, right? We're not uh, content with the existing level of performance. We wanna get to our best. You may wanna go through the six steps two or three times to get to that best. So there you go, my friends. That is an overview on the six steps itself. Now, let's give you just a few examples of the implementation of this, and, and I hope this will be helpful. I'll invite you to go back to the very beginning of our coaching session today. I asked you to think about an issue personally that if it were resolved would have a big impact, a big difference in your life, same with professional, all right? So I want you to keep thinking about that issue. What does it look like? One of the resources that we've provided you uh, with is a worksheet. It's the six step uh, process worksheet. Uh, it's really great. So you might be thinking as I'm going through these examples, okay, how can I start applying this myself? Uh, what of my issues, problems, or opportunities can I shift the vision to? And this will be a good time to kind of work on these together. Uh, here's the first of the three. It happens to be a company by the name of Flying J. Uh, Jay Call is a good friend of mine. Uh, I met him many years ago. He loved the fly, and uh, he had developed early, early on in his career some travel centers, truck stops, uh, gas stations. And so he named his company Flying Jay because he liked to fly. His name was Jay. Uh, Jay uh, did a great job in building this company. It became one of the 16th largest private companies in America doing about 17 billion a year. Uh, in 2003, unfortunately, Jay was flying a Citation jet to Sun Valley with one of his vice presidents who'd been suffering from cancer and there was an accident and the plane went in the ground at 800 miles, there were no survivors. Uh, Jay had two children, one of those was Crystal. Uh, Crystal's a wonderful uh, young lady, I saw her grow up, she went to the Harvard Business School, came back, started a, a chain of uh, hotels called the Crystal's Inn. Uh, she was on the board of directors of Flying J and when her father passed away, as tough as this was and we were crushed, we were all crushed when this took place, but Crystal more than anyone. Uh, she became the chairman of Flying J. And within a couple of weeks, the CFO came to her and said, Crystal, we've got a serious problem. And the serious problem is we need to come up with $400 million within the next four weeks, uh, or we're gonna have to close our doors. He says, I don't see any way out of this. And so, I mean, it was just like having a, a brick, a, a load of bricks hit her. 
She said, I was demoralized. She said, I was depressed. I was discouraged. I just overwhelmed and I want to go home and just crawl in bed and, and get away from the problem. <laughs> Can you relate with any of these problems, right? Well, this was a legitimate big time one. The next day, Crystal got up and she, and she decided to apply the principles of the six steps we've been talking about. And the very first thing she did is, what's the vision? And, and so she said, as she thought about it, the vision is to save the company. See, that's step one is shift it to the vision. And the minute she did that, she said, I was focused. I was ready to go. She went to step two, what is the current reality? And the current reality is they had to come up with the $400 million in cash and that the banks were calling the loans and they had no room on their line of credits and every single asset was secured. That was the current reality. So there's a huge gap here is they didn't have the money. So they went on to step three, which is what's the cause. And as their team looked at this, they found that there were a number of causes to this cash shortage that they had at Flying J. One is that they had purchased, invested in an oil refinery in the desert of Southern California in Nevada. And it was a 40-year-old uh, refinery they purchased from Chevron to have more control over their supply. Uh, and between the uh, purchase of this refinery and the remodeling, it would cost $400 million. That's one of the contributors. They'd already invested the money. Number two is they invested in a pipeline from the Gulf of Mexico to Dallas. And the total cost of that with the oil in the pipeline was in the range of eight to $900 million. It was already a done deal. And, uh, and in the middle of all this, the price of oil dove. It just, uh, it just tanked. And so what was, they probably lost 400 million in the value of oil right there. The other thing they found under causes they thought about this is that their travel centers, the Flying J travel centers were a very successful ongoing part of their business. And so now they've really zeroed in on what the cause was and could see it clearly. This then led to step four. And so what Crystal did is on a Saturday morning, she got her team into an offsite 15 of her managers uh, also had uh, lawyers on the phone from New York. As soon as they were in the room, she turned around and closed the door and locked it. <laughs> and she said, we are not leaving this room today until we come up with a way to do what? What's the vision? It is to save the company. And they went to work. They rolled up their sleeves and man, they created the environment and they came up with 32 things that they could do to save the company. It was great. They had a lot of good ideas. And, uh, and so at the end of the day, what they did is they prioritized these. They looked at the pros and cons. And here were, for example, the menu of ideas. Uh, consider filing chapter 11 bankruptcy, sell the refinery, uh, sell the pipeline, uh, merge maybe with another travel center to give us some cash and, and so forth. They went right through it. And then they looked at the go, no go. And they said, absolutely, we are go. We can save this company. And so step five is they set up a detailed plan of who would do what when. It was a clear plan on one sheet. And then they went to work. 
For example, the plan said file bankruptcy if we don't get relief from the banks within one week. Uh, sell a refinery, 18 months. Sell the pipeline, 18 months. Look for a merger, 12 months, and so forth, right? And then they had the plan. They were all on board. They went for it all the way. Now, just imagine for yourself how complicated this issue was. And yet in a very brief time, they had direction by being effective problem solvers, creating solutions, and they took action. And then they looked at step six. Uh, they evaluated all the way along at the implementation. Uh, the fact was is that they did file bankruptcy chapter 11 within one week. It took them 12 months to sell both the refinery and the pipeline, and they found a great company to merge with, uh, someone that Crystal knew, in Pilot, uh, the Pilot Travel Centers. If you look closely at the new branding, it says Pilot Flying J, and they had a longer-term agreement where Pilot uh, would buy out Flying J, and, and that would be the future there. And so the deal was done. They came out of bankruptcy within 18 months, and they satisfied every single debt penny for penny, dollar for dollar, 100% satisfaction. They ended up with a new company called FJ Management uh, in contrast to Flying J, which was moving forward as a separate corporation. They also had a little credit card processing company that they kept outside of the bankruptcy. They sold it for a billion dollars, and so now they had some cash in FJ Management. They bought a company called Maverick Stations, and this is a regional area in the Inner Mountain West, and it is a 7-Eleven on steroids. It's the fastest growing convenience store gas station in the area. I mean, it's so fun. They have pictures, big pictures of southern Utah, the Canyonlands, uh, Monument Valley with Jeeps taking the hard road. I mean, this is the place where you come for adventure. Uh, and they've been so successful. This, this is an application of the six steps, a way to think forward on even highly complex issues. Now, the second example has to do with an HVAC company and energy services company. Uh, they happen to serve energy efficiency, equipment replacement programs, uh, serving communities throughout the United States. And this particular example has to do with uh, servicing a low income segment of their community, which was a large community. Uh, the problem was this, is that uh, the company was where they're serving this community is three hours from their headquarters. And uh, they had to get paperwork in within a certain time. Well, they were out of compliance. They couldn't get it in within that window. And so the uh, company, the community started send them, sending the uh, HVAC Energy Services Company non-compliant notices. I mean, it's like a big red stamp on these things. It's a black eye. They're servicing other different programs as well in the community. And it was a threat. There was getting to be a real sour taste in the community's mind towards this HVAC energy services company. And so a 33-year-old manager went to work on the six steps. And this is what's so powerful about the six steps is that you want it to be deeply cultural so everybody starts from the same point. They know how we're gonna solve problems. This manager took the initiative to do it this way. It was marvelous. And so he just started with step one. What's the vision? The vision is 
be compliant, <laughs> right? Uh, compliance was getting these documents in to the utility company with five, within five days. That's a great vision. The current reality, we're not compliant. It's taken us eight to 10 days. You look at the real cause. The real cause was that they would have to, the, uh, the outreach person, would have to collect the documents, send them to the office physically. Uh, they'd have to be recorded there and then sent to the community. Well, this would take eight to 10 days out of compliance. That's a real issue. It wasn't because people didn't care. It's because they just didn't have a system. So that took us to step four. And step four, of course, is exciting. And they went to work on looking at options got the team together, and they said, let's start using electronics. Let's use a tablet. Let's let everything be digital. And this was a number of years ago, so this is really cutting edge technology at the time. And so that is what they came up with. It was a go all the way. They got to step five, here's, gonna do, here's who's gonna do what, when. They came up with their plan. They created an executive summary, presented it to the HVAC and energy service company executives, they approved it and they said, present it to our community partner. And so the plan was hatched, they went to work on it. And the results, evaluating the results were this, that they became compliant. Not only did the uh, community fully accept this, uh, the energy service company, the HVAC company realized they would save 25,000 in administrative costs per year by going electronic. But not only that company, but the same would happen with the community. So they were pumped and they agreed to do it. And not only did they agree to do it just for this company, they did it for the entire program. They revised the whole thing based on that. What was more significant, and that was really great, that's a success story in itself. But the manager of this particular program in the community received a promotion to be over all the commercial programs for that community. And he said, I want that company to work over here. I've seen what they can do and they are amazing. This led to an increase of $1 million in new revenues within 12 months and over a five year period, $30 million of increased revenue. So you can see how this is a very powerful uh, process, these six steps. Just start with the vision, take the problem, shift it, right? What's the current reality? What's the real issue? Uh, what are the options? <laughs> Implement the plan, go to work on it, red team it, and then evaluate the results. You may need to go through or you keep doing what you're doing. All right, well, I think I'm almost there. I've, I've covered the six steps four out of those six times. <laughs> Let's hit the last example of today. Has to do with my daughter, uh, our daughter, Anne. And Annie, uh, we, we lived in Spain when she was a young girl. Uh, when she, we lived there for three years and when she was 10, we came back to the United States. Well, in the meantime, she loved playing soccer. She played on the boys teams in Spain and it was a great experience. So she came home and, and was on club teams and played in high school and really did a great job. When she was in 11th grade, uh, and you'll see a picture of her here in high school, uh, this actually became a, a goal. <laughs> she scored, I think it was in, uh, in high school, uh, 64 goals. And so she thought, well, maybe I can 
be successful perhaps at uh, Division I women's soccer. And so one day we were out when she was a junior in high school uh, jogging together. And I said, well, Ann, I said, what's your plan with soccer? What are you thinking you want to do? What did I just ask her? <laughs> That's right. What's the vision, right? And she said, well, I want to go to a Division I school. I want to have fun playing soccer. I want to get a great education. And I'd like to meet a really good guy <laughs> that I could marry and that I could enjoy life with. I said, that is a great vision. I said, so where are you today? <laughs> well, what did I just ask her? What's the current reality? She said, well, I haven't done anything. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, so now this is a good point. When you're working with an opportunity, frequently you will not even need to spend much time on step three. That one is much more important for when you're solving a problem. And so in this case, I said, so how are you going to get the job done? So what did I just ask her? Step four. And she started going down everything she needed to do. I need to do a resume with a picture and all of my stats. And she said, it'd really be a good idea if I could do some video clips of me kicking some goals. <laughs> they could see me in action. And then I want to make a list of 12 universities that I think I might like to go to that fit kind of that criteria. And then I'm going to start contacting the coaches and set up a visit to that university. And so the plan was set. She actually came up with a who would do what, when. I said, so when are you going to start? <laughs> so that's step five, right? And I said, okay. I said, why don't you pencil this out and uh, share the plan with me? She said, you're on. And, and our jog was over. Now, here is step six, the result of the evaluation. Is she did visit a number of campuses. Uh, she was offered a number of full uh, scholarships, uh, but she finally selected a university. It was a partial scholarship that happened to be the arch rival, the University of Utah Pac-12 soccer, women's soccer. And uh, we happen to live three minutes from Brigham Young University. <laughs> we grew up blue. She's going to have red apparel. So I started investing in red apparel. The fact is, she had a great experience uh, for her time at the University of Utah, playing the other Pac-12s. They went back east and played other divisions. It's wonderful. Uh, and and uh, another thing is that she got her degree. She got a business degree in entrepreneurship. She found a great guy, the kicker for the football team. And uh, he was top notch. They now have two little girls. Uh, you'll see here in the illustration, the slides that we're providing. Here's one of her college games against the University of Wyoming. The first shot is a header. I mean, uh, is a crossing ball that's coming across. Uh, from the corner, and you can see it in the air. Ann sees it. She's getting ready. The next is the header, and the third one, goal! <laughs> so that's the fun part. Well, my friends, there you have it. Those are the six steps of to, how to effectively plan, how to create solutions, and take action. Abraham Maslow once said, he who only has a hammer tends to see every problem as a nail. <laughs> well, I guarantee that doesn't take place with the six steps because you have a breadth 
a perspective. And, and as you look at the depth of these problems and good, better, best, and everything is definitely not a nail. And so these are really meaty ways to create transformation. I saw another quote one time that said, don't run from problems, dance with your problems. Well, when you use the six steps, you are dancing with the problem. I love it. So what's next? Well, what's next is, first of all, go out and get uh, your own copy of Start With a Vision, the six steps for you and for your team. It will be one of the most least or inexpensive investments you ever make that will have a profound and powerful impact on every aspect of your lives and business. Really, you'll see that in every way. Uh, it will be one of the greatest gifts that you can give. And you can do that by either contacting becomingyourbest.com, they're available there. Uh, or if you want to buy a, a, a fairly large quantity, go to support at becomingyourbest.com and write to us, let us know. Or they're available on Amazon in a softback or Kindle or in Audible. So, and then the second step is let's go back to how we started. Let's apply this six steps right away, today. Pick out your problem, get going. What's that issue that if it were resolved would have a significant difference in your own life or in your organization? Take that issue and go after it. You have the worksheet right now. You understand the six steps. We've had the chance to go through it. So I wish you the very best. It's been a privilege to be with you today and we will look forward to seeing you at other EGIA events. In the meantime, best wishes. Awesome content right there as always from our Seizing the Summer series. Now listen, if you like the content and you're not a member, you can get full access to the series right now. All you gotta do is fill out the form on this page. This is powerful content that you can implement all summer long to maximize your profits and get ready for the dreaded slow season this fall. Well, that's it for today, folks. We'll see you again very soon. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.